father's table, an introspective look and conversation about our fathers and how they shaped our lives. Welcome back to the Father's Table Podcast. I am your host, Keith, and I have a very special, lovely lady joining me tonight, my mother. Uh, Mother, I'll just let you introduce yourself, Um, and after you do that, I'll say a couple of words from my point of view about you, but go ahead. Please introduce yourself. Good evening. My name is Mary Carol Ellerby McDonald. And I'm very, very happy to be here tonight uh, uh, to have this conversation with my my son, my only son. And uh, it is an honor to be his mother and a pleasure just to be able to share this conversation with you on tonight. Well, thank you for, for agreeing to do this, Mom. My mother is a woman of strength. I've learned so much over the years. Um, she's continuously poured into my life, uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, um, just a, a great woman to just have to, and it's just been really, uh, amazing watching her grow. Um, I'm 33 now and I'm still just learning her wisdom, even, you know, as she tries to tell me how to raise my only son, but it's still good wisdom. Uh, so let's just get into it. This is uh, the Father's Table, uh, the way it works for first-time listeners. Uh, this is a podcast where we're reflecting on our fathers. Um, some stories will be good ones. Some stories may be not so good ones. Um, I don't even know this story. I'm still, I learned tidbits about my family history through different conversations. So I'm interested in learning uh, something new tonight. So mom, first thing I want you to do is close your eyes. Take deep, take deep, deep, three deep, deep breaths. (laughs) Tongue tied today. Okay. Now tell me what comes to your mind when you think about your father. When you're ready, And when it comes to mind, just tell me his first name and then just start to tell me what comes to your mind when you think about your father. My father's name is Edward Ward Sr. Um, The first thing that comes to my mind when I think about my dad is he is a man of God, a man of strength, a man that loved his wife and his family. Um, Our father is a very strong man, uh, a provider, a teacher, a nurturer. Quiet, soft-spoken, but very, very strong and solid in his uh, conviction. And... um, I have so many fond memories of my father, but when he spoke, it was like the voice of God speaking. I believed everything he said. He was a man of character and integrity and a loving, loving man. Um, I don't think we have enough time to go into uh, how many great 
uh, amazing attribute attributes my father has. Um, but I will say that he is my role model in terms of what a husband should be, um, what a father should be, a provider, a protector, and a teacher. Um, his life wasn't an a easy one, but if he never told you his story, you would never know um, the things that he went through as a child. So he took his experiences and he motivated us and he molded us to be better. He wanted us to be better than his life was. Mm-hmm. Okay. And correct me if I'm wrong, Grandpa worked uh, at Campbell's Soup Factory. Yes. Um, he worked at Campbell's Soup Factory in Camden for over 30 years. Um, he also was a chef. He worked at uh, uh, several restaurants, Horn and Hard Off. That's where I got my passion for cooking and my cooking skills from my father, even though my mom can cook pretty good. But my father, he was the one who really took his time and um, learned how to marry ingredients for a meal. And I was sitting under him and watching him and assisting him when he was in the kitchen. Um, as I said before, it's having six children, he shared his love for everyone, but he told me personally before my father passed, he told me that I was the best cook out of all the girls, four girls and two boys. And he said, I tell you, Carol can really cook. And I said, thank you, daddy. So <laughs> that was all I needed. Once I got the, uh, okay from dad, I knew that it was all right. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, just a little bio about you now. Now, you attended college, graduated, uh, became an educator in the Camden District Yes. Uh, for quite some time, became principal, retired, and now you do some work still in education. Yes. Okay. Now, let's rewind the clocks. In education, was that something that your father stressed to you? Like, hey, be an educator, or, or he was kind of, did he, did he not, like, promote going to school to be educate, be in education, or was that more so your mother? My father was a strong advocate for education. My father only went to the eighth grade, and because he had to stop going to school to get a job and work to help to support the family, he didn't have he he didn't have the opportunity to go to high school, so his 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 educational level um, was eighth grade. But his intellect and aptitude, I would say, my father is on the level of a PhD. He was self taught. My father had numerous books, constantly reading. As a child, I can recall my father sitting us all down, helping all of us with our homework. He praised us when we got good report cards. So the story about him only going to the eighth grade, we didn't even know that until we became adults, Mm. that my father did not have a high school uh, diploma, let alone college degree. But he was so proud, and he pushed us to go as far as we can go. And he was just so proud. He, his, he didn't put pressure on us to be 
uh, in the roles that we are. No one put pressure on me to become a leader. Uh, but my mother and my father, they encouraged us to be the best at whatever we decided we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that we are a family of educators um, because we like school. So we played school at the house. Uh, among my siblings, we played school. We enjoyed school. We were involved in after-school activities, and we followed that path of education. And um, God is amazing because um, all three of my children have college degrees. It's no goodness of my own, um, but I, I like to attribute that to my father and my mother, their determination for us to really understand getting a great education would would provide you with better opportunities in this society. And they were right. Mm. Yeah. So even though he wasn't a educated, I guess like a higher education mm-hmm. sense, he he still inf- uh, promoted education, higher education in the household, and encouraged you guys. Now, growing up, <clears throat> I know. I understand. just wanted to say, if I could just interject, Go ahead. the way my mother and my father's work schedule was. Um, Somebody was always home with us. Okay. Okay, so my father... My so you guys didn't have a babysitter? or? Oh, no, we didn't have a babysitter. Okay. okay. Um, my father worked from like 2 o'clock in the afternoon until like 2 o'clock the next morning. Mm-hmm. So during the time that my father was work, my mother was home during the day. When my mom would go to work... In the daytime, my father would be the one preparing us for breakfast and lunch um, and helping us with our on the weekends because we all went to church on the weekends, helping us with our homework, helping us with reading and things of that nature. So there was always a parent in the home helping us. And as we got older, we were trained to help each other with the homework. Oh, that's good. So it was a culture of learning in the household. Oh, okay. And what time, what, 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 I know I'm not saying say your age, but like what, what year was that around? Was that the whole growing up? That's like in the 1960, well, 1960s. I, I'm, I'm the fifth of six children, mm-hmm. and I was born in 56. Okay. And um, during the uh, 50s and the 60s, the family structure was very, very important. The community was very important. Uh, schools and community were very close-knit. Um, there was no free lunch. You know, <laughs> parents prepared lunch. We walked home for lunch. And life was different then. Um, in most homes, there were two parents. And uh, there was a stay-at-home parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, my mother didn't start working until much later. And her job was only a part-time job. She was a crossing guard. Oh. Yeah, so she had the kind of hours that coincide with us being in school. So it was almost like mom was always around uh, when school started, you know. It it was a perfect situation uh, for six children. Um, But, yeah, that was like around the 50s and 60s uh, where life was different then, Mm -hmm. you know. it was expected that a, a father should be a provider for his family. Right. So the whole deadbeat dad 
trope or whatever was just not even on the radar as much. No, most of my friends growing up, most of my friends had a mother and a father. Gotcha. There wasn't too much single parent uh, things going on. There were very few, um, but you have to keep in mind uh, during the era where uh, I would say sexual promiscuity got out of hand and the uh, the invention of birth control and free love and all that kind of stuff and STIs, things got a little crazy. That's when you start having the single, uh, I'll raise the kids by myself type thing. And women wanted to be liberated, but they failed to realize that having a child without a father would have long-term effects. And I think that's why we are where we are now mm. because of the decisions a lot of people made uh, not realizing that the children grow up to be men and women. Right, right. And you and just to go back a little bit, you said you guys went to church on the weekends. So, Grandpa was a man of faith. Right. Oh, okay. And that- <clears throat> keep in mind the way society was years ago. A lot of your businesses were not open on the weekends. Oh, really? The new religion is football. You know that, right? <laughs> it's almost like football has taken the place of church in American culture. Mm. But many, many, many years ago, no, there weren't too many stores or anything open on the weekend. Mm. That was church. You went to church and you spent time with your family. Right. You know, family was a major part of our society. I would say, I would say, money is probably like the new religion. I think a lot of things are just about the dollar. Even, you know, football, so many commercials, you know, businesses open 24 hours a day. It's, and, and yeah, if you think at first glance, you're like, oh, that's cool. It's convenient. But then it's just like, oh, you don't need this open all the time. Like, mm-hmm. you don't, do you really need a McDonald's open 24-7? But, I mean, that's 24 hours of money. And, uh, That's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) But um, going back to Grandpa, so he's a man of faith. And how did that, like, shape your uh, ideals ideals and faith growing up? Because my mother uh, is a choir director. I've seen her direct so many choirs growing up. Um, and she's one of the main reasons why, who, you know, why I'm, I'm spiritual. And yes, I would say to all my listeners, um, I am a, a professed Christian, um, which you would call a Christian, but I did make the faith my own at some point in my life. Um, I know sometimes people say I'm born in a Christian household, so therefore I'm a Christian. The, the faith doesn't really work that way. Um, so I'm just giving some clarity there. So for you growing up mom i I guess you saw grandpa in church worshiping singing doing church things and having this relationship with god Uh, how did that impact your life and your spirituality i think uh it impact impact my life greatly because i saw consistency in my father's lifestyle the way he was at church was the same way he was at home. There was no abuse. There was no uh, profanity. Uh, 
he wasn't one way in church and a different way at home. Oh, man, that's powerful. And he loved God, and he demonstrated that he loved God. Um, the amazing thing about my father, he wasn't a man that would get caught up in a whole lot of church tradition and church uh, programming and things of that nature. He was a man who really had a strong relationship with God. And he used to always say, my only regret in life is that I didn't get to know him a lot sooner than I did. He said, I wish I had known him as a child. Um, I don't know when he uh, accepted the Lord into his life, but he would always say that that's my only regret is, is that I didn't know him sooner. And uh, it impacted my life tremendously because I, I learned a lot by just observing how he treated my mother. I, I, I learned a lot about how he treated his family, his brother, and uh, my family. It, it was just everybody loved him because he was a lovable man. Um, and he wasn't a man of a lot of words, but he was a man of action. And the amazing thing about my father, he was a strong disciplinarian, but he never uh, used a belt or anything to punish me as a switch. Or wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I, I got to jump in here. You, Grandpa never used a switch or a belt? <laughs> no. No. Then where did you guys get that practice well, from? From Nana. <laughs> oh, so from okay. your grandma. Nana used from, the belt. From your grandmother. Yeah, I I got beat with the belt, y'all, yeah. when I was acting out. But the the thing is, I did. I grandpa didn't. You got that from Nana. Got that from Nana. My father may have spanked me one time, but it wasn't even a spanking. It was a raising of the voice a look on his face and the back of his hand hitting my little legs. And the fact that my dad was angry at me and he punished me, but I felt like my life was over. I was just so hurt. That was more than enough for you. Oh, my goodness. Now, now wait a minute. I have to ask this. Now, you are a woman. Yes. You have two brothers. Yes. Now, did he discipline them differently? Absolutely. Okay, so they got it harder than you. Absolutely. Oh, well. <laughs> my father and my mother had an arrangement <clears throat> and an agreement. And my mother felt like I know how much pressure to apply on the girls. So I'll, and you know, if they need to be spanked, I'll do the spanking for the girls. But you handle the boys because you're a man and you can use man, a, a man's strength uh and and discipline the boys the way you needed to discipline them. But the beautiful thing about growing up in a Christian home, there wasn't a whole lot of physical discipline that had to constantly take place mm -hmm. because once they said they were going to do something, they did it. If my father said that he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Mm -hmm. So, and the same thing with my mom. So there were no idle threats or anything like that. And on some occasions, everybody got in trouble because we didn't always tell the truth who was responsible for breaking the TV, knob on the TV, or something like that. 
Um, so we all had to line up and get it. You know. Gotcha. Gotcha. That that's I, I'm still meditating on grandfathering you switch on y'all. That that's uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny to me. Okay, so your relationship with grandpa, it sounds like when you're growing up in the house, he was very hands on, he was active, there, present, disciplining, teaching, things like that. So you graduate high school. Mm-hmm. You go to college. Yes. How did your relationship with Grandpa um, blossom there? Or if it didn't it blossom, changed. did it decline? Like, where was it at at that point in your life? It it, it changed uh, when I went to college because I changed. Okay. Changed in a what way? Uh, it changed in a different way in, in regards to... Uh, he went from being a, uh, a compassionate, you know, I was a daddy's girl, you know, to I don't like this change that you're doing. Mm. You know what I mean? You were not raised this way, and I'm not having it, mm-hmm. you know. And that was that was a, a aha moment for me because I went to college. I thought that I was grown. And I tried to um, act differently than the way I was raised. Now, when you say act like you thought you were grown, mm-hmm. does, that, does that mean that? Let me clarify that. I became disrespectful. Okay. <laughs> I, I became disrespectful. Uh, I wanted to demonstrate my independence, even though I was still dependent. Um, and somewhat rebellious. Um, the amazing thing is that my mother was very, very angry. And, uh, on this one occasion, my mother and I really had it out and, you know, it got physical. And as a child, when you're used to getting spanked as a child, you just take it. But as a young adult, I wasn't going to take it. I wasn't going to strike my mother. But at the same time, I'm not going to just take it. So my father comes in the room, and I'm thinking my father's going to rescue me from my mother. And by that time, I'm on the floor. My mom's on top of me, <laughs> and my dad is looking down. I'm thinking he's going to pull her off saying, stop, you're going to kill her, you know. And my dad says, that's right. That's right. That's right. Don't let her disrespect you in your house. And I was like, Daddy, Daddy, I'm your little girl. That hurt my feelings. It really hurt my feelings. But after that incident, we all came together, you know, after the silent treatment, Mm -hmm. and we talked as young adults. And they told me their expectations of me and how disappointed and how hurt they were. And by them talking to me as a young adult and sharing with me their heart, to me that was more powerful than the physical rod of correction, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, from that point on, I vowed to my parents, I will never disrespect you again. Gotcha. And um, I, I thank God for both my parents. Got it. Now, um, so you graduate college, 
you enter into the realm of family, marriage, children, all of that. And from what I remember about Grant, <coughs> excuse me, from what I remember about Grant, Grandpop is that uh, remember he he used to like to cook a lot, and he we at the church I grew up in uh, we had something called prayer breakfast, and that's when um, my grandmother and my grandfather and the people of the church would serve the community and uh, cook breakfast for them. And all the people in the community, I think it was mostly homeless people, would come from the city of Camden, and they would come get something to eat, and they would hear the gospel and, and things like that. And uh, I remember Grandpa was just very busy cooking and things like that. And I, I, that's like the picture I remember of him mm. uh, in, in my youth. Growing up, entering into like a family type of lifestyle now mm-hmm. for you, how did you was it how was your relationship then with grandpa did it did you did it grow and blossom even more you had a even a greater respect for him or did you get too busy and you guys didn't connect as much or you still it was just a, in a good place as well i think it was in a very good place um as we got older and um and i'm speaking for myself uh even though all of my siblings have a relationship with god but as my relationship with God grew, I had a greater appreciation for motherhood, fatherhood, because I actually observed my father working for the glory of God, not for any paycheck or anything like that. He loved to serve. He loved to help. And um, the prayer breakfast ministry that you're referring to that was actually created by my mother and father because they felt as though there was a need for the people. How can you give them the word of God and they're hungry? And they used the parable where Jesus fed the multitude and he was teaching them. He said, these people are hungry and he fed that, fed the 5,000. So it was, it was a thing where my father and my mother Uh, started the ministry in Camden 50 years ago this year. Um, But the prayer breakfast that they started is still thriving today and has gone beyond feeding uh, the people to giving out clues, uh, helping with housing, helping with uh, drug recovery. It has blossomed into something else. And uh, there's a daycare center named after my father. Mm. Uh, called the Ward Center. Um, It's just an amazing thing to see your legacy. Um, And like I said before, it wasn't like dad was one way at home and another way uh, at church. It was a calling. His life was a calling to serve. And I, I really believe that family was a major part of his life because he wasn't in a family like our family. He was raised by his grandmother. He wasn't raised by his father and his mother. Mm. As a matter of fact, he called his mother sis. So I'm assuming his mother was very young when he had, when she had him. And um, I just look at the dynamics because he didn't have that family uh, unit growing up with a father and a mother 
when he met my mother and they had six children, the most important thing to my father was his children and his wife. Mm -hmm. That was that was it. <clears throat> There's no amount of money you could give. Um, it's it's just amazing. And he and when he when when uh, the grandchildren started to come, he was over the moon. He was very happy. <laughs> You know, like, look what God has done. We, we have all these children. And it's it's like the family he never had. You know, mm -hmm. it was like a dream for him. Um, so just the joy of family coming together on holidays. And um, I get a little emotional. I think about um, one of my jobs when I was coaching basketball. My father could care less about basketball but because I was the head coach my father and my mother came to one of my games to watch me coach my basketball team and I coached like it was nobody's business because my dad was in the gym that really touched me so much I said daddy did you enjoy the game he said yeah you did good <laughs> and it was so cute because I wasn't playing I was did, just did y'all win the game we won the game okay. but he was happy he was so happy to see his little girl out there coaching the college team mm -hmm. and uh I always refer to my father even when I'm teaching my students at the college where I work I I let them know that you know, children may not remember everything you teach them, but they will certainly remember how you made them feel, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I take that with me because my dad always made me feel like I was the favorite out of the six. <laughs> and I'm sure he did that with everybody else, all my siblings as well. Gotcha. Yeah, so just moving along, uh, moving, moving along, um, I understand that, Later on in life, Grandpa's health started to decline. Mm -hmm. How how was that like? That process was did, was it like a gradual type of thing? Where where they're starting to were you starting to get phone calls about his health? Period, like more and more and more, or was it just like one phone call that you know? My my father was an extremely healthy man. Um, he was very food conscious, so his diet was very good. Always taught me about eating a balanced meal, staying away from certain foods or whatever. So, And he walked all the time. He didn't drive. Not because he couldn't, because when I was younger, he used to drive. But he's a walker. He would commute and walk. My dad suffered a stroke. And from the stroke... His health started to decline uh, from the stroke. Prior to the stroke, he was the picture of health. Never, my dad was never in the hospital in my whole life until the stroke. Mm -hmm. So I don't recall my father uh, having to go to the hospital for uh, continuous health issues or anything like that. Um, that was hard on the family because he was the pillar of strength. And even in his, uh, even in his state of, of sickness, he kept telling us, he said, you guys, make sure you take care of your mother. Take care of your mother. And uh, we were like, Daddy, you're the one in the hospital. Mommy's fine. Mommy's fine. 
Well, y'all know you got to watch your mother because you know she's a diabetic and just make sure that she's okay. But he spoiled my mom and uh, he loved her. He loved her so much. Um, but it took it took a toll on uh, on all of us because he was never sick growing up. We've never seen him weak. And that was hard for us to deal with because he was always doing for us and everybody else. So to see a man of great strength uh, suffer a stroke and then start to weaken, it, it was hard for us. Mm -hmm. it, it was very hard for us. And then ultimately he, he passed. He passed away. Yeah. Um, the day, uh, well, I was going to see him every day in the hospital and I would sing to him because he used to love for me to sing this one song to him. I won't complain and I would sing it to him in the hospital and he would hold my hand and um, I just kept praying. I, I knew that God was going to bring him out. He's going to be okay, you know, because daddy's, he's strong. You just don't imagine anybody that strong, you know, not being around. It's going to pass. He's going to, you know, be restored. And, um, the night that he passed, I was in a car accident going to a Sixers game. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do remember. And uh, I, I, I'm just thankful that I wasn't by his bed when he expired. I don't think I could have taken that. Um, that would have been very hard. Yeah. Well, uh, just winding down, I think, thanks for just sharing that. It seems like Grandpa was uh, a picture of a of a great father, mm -hmm. you know, there, consistent in your life. It seems like uh, you guys didn't go through any uh, time periods where you were were not on speaking terms. My dad and me. Yeah. Oh, never. Yeah, yeah, that's good. We it, could talk good. about anything. Yeah. Um, he's always asking about my children. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, he said, I got some books for Kayana because <laughs> Kayana likes to read, and he knew he knew that Kayana was a reader. Mm -hmm. So he said, I want you to give these books to Kayana because mm -hmm. Kayana, he identified Kayana's love for science at a young age. Mm -hmm. So a lot of his health books he gave to Kayana, um, and that was really special to me that mm -hmm. he's paying attention to my children and identifying things that are are really important. He loved all of his grandchildren. He loved his children. Um, but we never had any, nothing like what young people are going through today. I can't imagine not speaking to my father. Mm -hmm. You know, not on speaking to her. I, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. You know. Just a, one last question. Uh, now, how long... Well, a few, a few more last questions. <laughs> How long was Nana and Grandpa married before he passed? Because they never divorced, so how no, long were they? I think it was like 55 years. 55 years. Now, during that time, did you ever see them bump heads or they seemed to have like a very, I'm sure they had ups and downs. It's 55 years. Well, but for the most part, what was your picture of marriage in watching them growing up in the house? Teamwork. Mm -hmm. 
I saw them working together as a team. Um, they had disagreements. Usually it was about money. Um, but they found a way to work it out. Uh, mommy was sort of like a visionary. Big ideas, big, big dreams. Uh, my dad was more like, no, not right now. We can't afford that. We're doing just fine right here. And my mom would be very, very persistent. She said, well, we can do it. If we do this and that, we can make it happen. And she would have to show him. And then he would say, oh, okay. All right. Um, they worked together. They collaborated. Now, any disagreements they had, anything we observe as a disagreement, if we were to say anything as children, we got punished from both of them for being disrespectful, as they say, getting in grown folks' conversation, <laughs> you know. So that that was a household rule, let adults be adults and let children be children. But they, even, even down to child rearing, they were always on the same page. Mm. There was never a pull, you know, the girls could do this and the boys could do that. Whatever they said, that's what they said. It was consistency and teamwork and a whole lot of love. Hmm. So what would you say to the people listening about, you know, fathers, what you've learned from your fathers growing up, the importance of a father? It's the last question. Uh, what would you say to people listening and how a father has impacted your life, your biological father? What would you say that the importance is of having a father in the home? What would you, well, let me phrase that question better. Um, why do you think it's important of having a father in the home? I think it's important to have a father in the home because when I think of father, I automatically think about God and I think about headship and you can't really make it without a head. I think about a father as one who is going to protect and provide for his family. Um, I think that a father, if he has a relationship with God, he'll know exactly how to nurture his children. Um, I look at I understand everybody's situation is different, but I look at my father's role in my life was as strong as it was because his father wasn't in his life. So sometimes that negative can has a, have a positive outcome because I never met my grandfather. I never met my father's father. And because he wasn't there for him, he took that as a determination, I'm going to be a good father and I'm going to be a good husband. Having four girls and two boys, I believe all of my sisters look for husbands that are somewhat similar to our father, mm -hmm. a man who loves God, a man who can provide, a man who can protect, and a man who can love his family and puts family first. And uh, for the most part, 
our family has been really blessed. Um, I knew things happen sometimes out of your control, sickness, a death, or various things of that nature. Um, but a father's role is so very important, not just to the children, but definitely to the wife, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a part of the circle of life that is absolutely necessary, um, for the existence of mankind, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> you, 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 you gotta have a father, you gotta have a leader. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining me, Mother. Uh, this is a great, fruitful conversation. As I thought I would, I'd learn a lot. And um, thank you again. Oh, you're so welcome. And I just want to say you. I'm so proud of you because you are a very, very good father. And I watch how you interact with your son and your bond with your son. He will never forget that. So continue to allow God to show you how to be a father for your son and, and your future children that are coming. Um, because it's about legacy. You know, it's about what we're going to leave behind. Um, I'm sure my father is smiling down from heaven right now, so proud of the legacy that he left behind. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Mom. You're welcome. Um, well, guys, that concludes this uh, episode of The Father's Table. Uh, until then, um, until next time, uh, have a good day, and uh, God bless you all. <laughs> Peace.